listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. From Rochester, New York, welcome into the Beyond the Game program. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. We're so glad you could be part of this week's show, Sports Talk Without the Trash Talk. Check out the website, btgprogram.com, or give us a follow on Twitter, or maybe a like on Facebook, at btgprogram. As you can tell, Zach, and probably the listeners can, that one of the good parts about when I'm not feeling my best is the Barry White voice that I get to go along with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You see, now that is a handsome man. Well, I am feeling a little underweather, but we will get through tonight's show. And I don't know if I'm more disturbed by my cold that I'm having or the fact that November 1st, I'm mm-hmm. sitting in my office. I'm trying to do a little work. I put on the TV and the Christmas commercials came fast and furious. Now, I don't know who's responsible for that, but I hate them. It's November 1st. Granted, give them credit. They waited till after Halloween. Yeah. This is going to sound terrible for a radio ministry, for a Christian person. I hate Christmas. <laughs> I hate to. I, listen, I love Christmas Eve with my family. I love Christmas Day, but I can't stand the Christmas season. I hate, by the time you get done watching all these commercials, you feel like just a, a giant heard because you haven't bought your wife a brand new Lexus or the most expensive jewelry. Stop these ads that make you feel so awful for not spending thousands and thousands of dollars at at Christmas. Man, I can't just drive me nuts. It starts literally like the second Halloween is over, like 12.01 a.m. on November 1st. Boom, it's Christmas everywhere. Oh, you're right. And you can't say that in a lot of circles. I can say that to you. You understand. You're a good friend and all that. And, and a whole but, bunch of listeners on the radio. Right. Other but, than that. you know, yeah. other than our moms, I don't know that anybody's listening anyway. But <laughs> you can't say that in a lot of Christian circles that I don't I don't like Christmas because <gasps> you don't like the baby Jesus. No, I never mentioned anything about the baby Jesus. What I, I, I love Jesus. I don't like Christmas and now I don't like you. <laughs> you know, for bringing that up. It's just, it drives you nuts. But man, November 1st, there they were. So I'm going to have to avoid television. And, and I can't do that because you know how much I like to watch sports. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be bombarding with ads. Losing his mind. Coming up on today's show, our weekly Roberts Wesleyan College Red Hawks report. Zach will bring us his shenanigans statements. We'll tell you what it is that we like in sports. Plus, some Cleveland Browns talk. When's the last time we talked about the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> We've never talked about the Cleveland Radios Browns. Radios are already clicking off across the country. Five years of doing this program, we've never talked about the Cleveland Browns. Anyway, thanks so much for being with us. I hope you'll stick around a bit longer. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. Looking back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan College Athletics, this is the Red Hawks recap for the week covered up through Halloween, Wednesday, October 31st. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. Freshman Alex Perez-Vega and junior Carl McNulty each scored goals for the men's soccer team in their regular season finale last Saturday afternoon. 
but the Red Hawks lost to the University of Bridgeport 2-1 at home and finished the season with an overall record of 5-8-3. The Red Hawks women also lost to Bridgeport 5-0 and they finished 5-9-2. After losing to Malloy College 3-2 on Friday night despite getting 15 kills from junior Rachel Holmes, in their final home game of the season, the women's volleyball team fell to Queens College 3-0 on Saturday. Senior Shelby Strasbaugh recorded 15 digs and the team got another 11 kills from Holmes. The season concludes with road games at the University of Bridgeport and Mercy College this weekend. Elsewhere, the women's bowling team came up short at the Medale College Tournament and the women's tennis team did as well, falling 4-0 against Queens College in the program's first ever appearance in the East Coast Conference Championship Tournament. No home games for the Roberts Wesleyan teams until next Friday, November 8th at 8 p.m. when the women's basketball team will host Assumption College in the Red Hawks Classic. They'll then turn around and play again on Saturday, November 9th against the College of St. Rose with a 4 p.m. start time. Stay up to date with Roberts Athletics by visiting their website, robertsredhawks.com. And, of course, you can always follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. Rick Benson, Zach Barletta, this is the Beyond the Game program, talking sports from a faith-based point of view. Several NFL teams have made moves, which maybe at first seemed a little questionable, but then, you know, you kind of see what they're doing. Last week, we talked about the Raiders and trading Khalil Mack before the season, moving Amari Cooper a week or so ago. Fan favorites, been there for a few seasons now, and I can't imagine moving those guys was easy, but you see now kind of what they're trying to do. And we had said, I think the Raiders are being a little bit deceitful in the fact that they never told their fans there in Oakland. They're telling them, keep buy tickets, even though they're obviously cleaning house and trying mm-hmm. to rebuild for Las Vegas. But here they sit pretty with, what is it, five first-round picks in the next two rounds? So they're doing yeah. pretty well there. For the Giants, moving Eli Apple was probably... Easier than moving Damon Harrison, who's become a bit of a fan favorite. The Jacks moved Dante Fowler, and you'd think that makes a good defense of the Rams even better if he lives up to his potential. You'd think Demarius Thomas will be a big help to the Texans. And how ticked must the Packers have been about Ty Montgomery's fumble there against the Rams that left Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines as the Rams ran out the clock and won the game? They traded him for a seventh-round pick in 2020. Yeah, that's the literal equivalent of a bag of balls. Yeah, it's like they couldn't get the Ravens to agree to fill the vending machines, Mm -hmm. so they settled for a seventh-round pick in 2020. And I suspect it was less about the fumble, and I don't know if you saw his comments afterwards. He he took some heat over it, and and some people said things, and I think even Aaron Rodgers was a bit animated on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. But what he said afterwards was he can deal as a professional athlete with noise from the outside, but noise from the inside is different. And hearing it from the locker room, and he said this, that he can't trust the guys on the inside now. And I suspect that's part of why they moved him. The Lions moved Golden Tate, sent him 
to the Eagles, which has got to affect Matthew Stafford because Tate mm-hmm. was a target, a priority target, 27% of the time, yeah, something like that. With the Eagles picking up Tate, the Cowboys picking up Cooper, and the Redskins getting ha-ha Clinton Dix from the Packers, everybody in that division got better except the New York Giants. The Giants did have one headline this week, though, where their yeah, backup quarterback yeah, yeah, got yeah, almost that, arrested. That wasn't the best of, best of headlines. You know, their Kyle Laletta arrested for a traffic violation. Oh, my goodness. But it, just as rumors were gaining momentum, that here he was probably going to get a start a little later in the season if the Giants don't improve, and there's no reason to think that they will. So what's he do? He goes out and practically runs over a police officer. Reports are that he just missed. He, he was charged with eluding police, obstructing law, resisting arrest, reckless driving, disregarding an officer's directions, and a couple of in traffic infractions. <laughs> I mean, what are you thinking? That's not what you want. No, not at all. <laughs> but the biggest move of the week, probably the Browns firing head coach Hugh Jackson. What made it so great to me is that the Browns, well, they're just not having it. And they also fired Todd Haley, their offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. These two embroiled in a power struggle and each pointing the finger at the other, blaming them for the Browns' problems. Haley must have been thinking he won that power struggle as they mm-hmm. announced that Jackson got fired. And then a few minutes later, they announced he's gone too. Uh, I like the move. I do. Clearly, the Browns aren't messing around with a couple of kids who just want to fight over the new toy, that being Mm -hmm. quarterback Baker Mayfield. And they figure it's better for Mayfield's development to not have that around, to uh, get rid of them both. And and you texted me an interesting fact. So this would be a good time to play that useful bit of information you have. You have a lot of useless information in your head. It's as useless as the Winter Olympics. You are useless, Ignacio. Yeah, the last six Browns head coaches now. The year that they've been fired, they were fired immediately following the second Steelers game of the season. The second time the Browns faced the Steelers, each of the last six Browns coaches has then been fired. That's a wild... Isn't it? Uh, Jimmy Haslam must really hate losing to the Steelers. Yeah, I would imagine. Afraid the strain was more than he could bear. What were the Browns thinking, though? What were they thinking in the first place? Haley's reputation for being difficult to work with Mm -hmm. is not exactly a a secret. He now has the distinction of being let go by two different AFC North teams in the last 10 months or so, which not really a distinction that you want to have. No. As far as Jackson going 1-15... and in his first season, the Browns bring him back. Then he goes 0-16, and the Browns bring him back. And I, I read an article, a couple articles actually have been out there, that were critical of the Browns for firing Jackson because it now what? makes a, well, it makes a already small number of minority coaches even smaller. But come on, the guy is 3-36-1 and, and has done nothing to make you think that He's going to to improve, yeah. and, and and in his defense, they haven't given him a whole lot to work with. But come on, three thirty six and one. When you have that record, and then you get into a peeing contest with one of your assistant coaches, mm-hmm. that's going to seal anybody's fate, regardless of their skin color, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I think you've got to try really, really hard to attach any sort of racial implication to this firing. He's just an awful head coach. I think anyone that watched any of Hard Knocks could have seen this coming. Uh, I saw a tweet from a Browns beat reporter who said at least one Browns player in the locker room compared Hugh Jackson to Michael Scott from The Office. And that's not a comparison <laughs> you want from the leader of your team. No, and it was Hard Knocks that showed him 
him and Haley not getting along in the spring, and apparently that continued right up until last weekend, and the Browns had really just had enough. What was interesting is I was listening to Dan Patrick's show Monday morning, maybe, and he was talking about these two pointing fingers at each other and, you know, who's going to win that power struggle. Well, apparently neither one of them did because hmm. a couple hours later, here it comes on my cell phone and notice that they're both gone. And, and some reports say that Jackson tried to sell management on the idea of maybe taking back some of the play calling, some of the control of the offense, or, or possibly getting rid of Haley entirely. Yeah, because it worked so well before Haley came. Yeah, well, how did that how did that work out? You obviously didn't get rid of him. Browns owner Jimmy Haslam said in a news conference, the message today is that we're not going to put up with the internal discord. I I love it. They're all in on Mayfield. They're making sure he has everything he needs to take control and to lead the Browns successfully, including a stress-free work environment, apparently. So defensive coordinator, former Buffalo Bills head coach, Greg Williams takes over for the interim. If he does a good job, they say he'll be a candidate to take the permanent job. But I, don't you think they'd rather go after an offensive mind? I don't see Greg Williams staying there for the long term. Do you? No, I don't think so. His defense has been all right. They have some pieces. Miles Garrett's been fantastic for them. But really, when you've got a number one overall pick that's your franchise quarterback, you have to, I think, concentrate on that side of the football. Whoever they bring in, the Browns are making it clear, as Haslam said, they will not tolerate staff disharmony. Uh, around the team, around Mayfield. And by the way, God doesn't want it on his team either. Romans 12, verse 18 says, if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Admittedly, if possible indicates that it may not always be possible. But though you can't control someone else's response, someone else's reaction, you can handle your end of things. So as much as possible, do your part. David Guzik points out in regards to this verse that Christians are in contrast to the world. We do not seek out contention. If it is possible, we will live at peace with all men. In his writing, the Apostle Paul, he set the stage for this Romans twelve eighteen verse with some instructions in the verses leading up to it. Starting in verse 10, he says this, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, preserving in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, be of the same mind towards one another, and do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly, do not be wise in your own estimation, never pay back evil for evil to anyone, Respect what is right in the sight of men. Think about your church for a moment. Think about specifically your part in it. Do you more closely what Paul has described in these verses or the news reports describing the relationship of Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley? It's so important for Christians to get along because deep down, everyone wants to feel included. Deep down, everyone wants to be part of something. But if that something is stressful, if that something has a lot of tension, a lot of bickering, it's attractive to no one. John thirteen thirty five says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Nothing identifies the fellowship of true believers the way love does. We want people to be led to Christ. We want to be those people that lead others to Christ. Jesus drew people unto himself with his love, with his compassion. Will we act with such 
towards one another? Well, people will still see him and be drawn. First John 4.11 says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. The Bible directs us to look inside ourselves, not outside. Let this be about you, not about somebody else. Worry about your end of things. Are you part of the bickering? Are you part of the tension? Or are you the person that loves one another in your church? First John chapter 4, verses 19 and 20 says, We love because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Maybe you're listening this morning, this afternoon, this evening. Maybe you're listening, but you're not yet a believer. The only hope for sinners is forgiveness. But if God were to be unwilling to forgive, we'd all be doomed. But he is willing. There's no sin too great. There's no person that's beyond hope. He asks just one thing, that you admit your sin and seek what can be found only in him, and that's forgiveness. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Take a moment and pray to God. Maybe you are a believer and you just need to do a better job getting along with others. Ask him to work on your heart. But if you're not a believer, pray to God. Admit your sin and guilt. Tell him that you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, was buried, rose again. Jesus took your sins and paid for them on the cross. He didn't need to die. He had a perfect life. But he chose to die. He chose to die as a sacrifice for you to pay the penalty of your sins. Tell God you believe that, that he was buried, that Jesus rose again and defeated death. Ask, ask God to forgive you and ask him to help you repent from your sins. Romans ten nine and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. I do hope you trust Christ today. I hope that if there's anything we can do to help you, that you'd reach out to us through our website at BTG Program. That's social media or btgprogram.com is our website. Maybe you only just want us to pray for you. Love to do that. I want to thank you for being with us. With Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. This is Beyond the Game Program. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student-athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu.
Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. And if you do stop by our website, subscribe to the podcast, listen to the show on the go. You'll also find it available on iTunes, podcast sources like Google Play. In addition to downloads all across the world, we say hello to Tallahassee, Florida, who was in on last week's program, home of Florida State University, an origin of the somewhat confusing rock band Creed. I say confusing <laughs> because weren't they like the hottest thing around for like three weeks and then never really heard from again? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. If you were ever a Creed fan like I was at one point, it's kind of embarrassing to listen to their catalog now and be like, man, I don't know. What was I thinking? Yeah, people make fun of Creed fans. I don't understand it. Like, they're not serious musicians or something like that. I mean, they were the hottest thing around, at least for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Anyway, to the many really good-looking and well-tanned, extremely intelligent citizens of Tallahassee, Florida, thanks for listening to the show. And wherever it is you're listening from, we thank you as well. Zach, why don't you go ahead and give us this week's shenanigan statements? All right, number one, the Yankees' quick re-signing of Brett Gardner means that they won't be signing Bryce Harper. I agree in general. I think there's probably still things they could do if they're serious about it, but I I tend to think the money they gave Gardner, and this is one of the things the Yankees do that I, I really admire. They did it for Bernie Williams. They give you that, and a number of other people, they give you that thank you contract. Mm -hmm. There's no way that Gardner would get $7 million anywhere else, plus the $2 million to buy him out, so essentially $9 million. He's not getting that anywhere. The Yankees, though, are loyal to their own. But, yeah, I, I think the fact that they're bringing him back and the money they allocated to him means they're not going to go after Harper. That doesn't mean they're not going to go after others, but maybe they go after Harper and try to work something out where he plays first. But I, I tend to doubt that. I actually say shenanigans. I Do you? Yeah, I, I don't know necessarily that Harper is a target for them, but I don't think Gardner would preclude them from making that move. I think... The Yankees were pretty successful last year with rotating Judge and especially Stanton through the DH spot. Uh, I don't think, even though it's more money than he probably is worth, I don't think that Gardner is locked into a starting spot. I still think he's the defensive replacement, pinch runner, backup outfielder type. So theoretically, you could have a Harper-Hicks-Judge outfield with Stanton as your DH. Um, so I don't think necessarily that Gardner blocks Bryce Harper. Uh, I think it's the same issue as with Manny Machado. If you really want him, you can find a place for him. I think if they want Harper, they can still get him. Number two, the Red Sox constant mentions of the Yankees during their World Series celebration and their fans chanting Yankees suck during World Series games is proof that they still have a little brother <laughs> mentality regarding the Yankees. A bunch of clowns. Right? I was watching the parade. They, you know, I'm sitting in my office and doing a little work. I had the TV on and people wearing David Ortiz face the Yankees lose and mm -hmm. Alex Cora, we scored 16 in Yankee Stadium, suck at comments. And yeah. then the, the, the Yankees suck chants and the banners. Y'all have an inferiority complex. And it's yeah. so evident. Yankee fans are about getting a World Series. Red Sox fans are about beating the Yankees. I mm -hmm. even saw a couple of tweets. We beat the Yankees. Nothing else matters. Uh, yes, I, I absolutely agree. They still have a little brother mentality, an inferior comp comp inferiority complex. They're, uh, they're compensating for something. <laughs> 
probably all the years before 2004 is what they're compensating for. But maybe that's it. Yeah, I have to agree as well. And honestly, this is this was one of the toughest Red Sox teams for me to hate in recent memory because a lot of their young players, Betts and Bogarts and those guys, guys like Steve Pierce, they're fun players. They're, and they're easy great. To for. They yeah, they're a great team. One of the best teams ever. But then you start doing all this stuff. And look, when you're in the World Series, you're a few games away from being champions of the world. And your fans in your stadium are chanting about the Yankees, a team that's not even playing. Dudes, you're in the World Series. That should be the most important thing your in your mind. Your team just won the World Series. What do you give a rip about the yeah. Yankees? Yeah, absolutely. I guarantee, having been to Yankee Stadium a number of times, you would not hear a, a Red Sox suck chant if the Yankees were in the World Series face the Dodgers. No, it they would couldn't not care happen. less. Last but not least, the Buffalo Bills did the right thing by holding on to LaShawn McCoy at the trade deadline. What do you think? I want to say shenanigans. Uh, I don't know what, if any, the offers were for him. There was a report that the Eagles made a full court press for him and it was up to the Bills to just accept it. But look, you're two and six at this point. You're about to face the Bears with Nathan Peterman at quarterback. So you're going to be two and seven. You don't know when your franchise quarterback is going to be back. And really having a weapon for Josh Allen is really the only reason to keep LaShawn McCoy, right? To help with his development. We don't know when he'll be back. If it's week 15, what have you really gained by keeping LaShawn McCoy, who, by the way, is on a relatively expensive contract next year as well? Um, there are running back needy teams. So really, I thought it was a missed opportunity to uh, advance their draft capital for next year. I would have liked to see a Absolutely. trade. Absolutely. Shenanigans. They should have traded him. Now, again, I don't know what was offered. Maybe they only offered a case of hot dog buns. Who knows? But if they got any legitimate offer, they should have moved on. There is no benefit to having them here they're not going to make a playoff run, mm -hmm. so you can do that without them. Benson, we're almost out of time. Let's get right into the You Like That segment. Fair enough. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. What I liked this week was a tweet from Matt Fortuna, National College football reporter for The Athletic. Following Steve Pierce's amazing, albeit unlikely, being named MVP of the World Series for the Red Sox, Fortuna tweeted of an encounter he had with Pierce some years ago. He tweets, Steve Pierce, World Series MVP, once chased me, an intern, barefoot down the PNC Park hallway after I shot a video of him in the clubhouse for a Father's Day project. Nervous, I turned and asked if I did something wrong. I forgot to tell my dad, I love you, Pierce said. Matt Fortuna's sharing of World Series MVP Steve Pierce going that little extra bit some years ago just to make sure he took advantage of the opportunity to tell his father that he loved him is what I like this week. What I like this week was an article that I read recently about New Orleans Saints tight end Ben Watson. Watson recently announced that he's donated ultrasound machines to health services providers around New Orleans. As part of his campaign against abortion, it's been proven that when expectant mothers see their unborn children on an ultrasound, it makes them much less likely to have an abortion. So Ben Watson don donated ultrasound machines to many health services providers around New Orleans, and that is what I liked this week. Well, that's going to do it for this week. This has been the Beyond the Game program, so glad you could be a part. Want to ask you to help a brother out, will you? You know that we use Sports Talk Radio to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ, as well as biblical applications from the world of sports to listeners all around the world each and every week. And we couldn't do it without you. It's because of the financial gifts of people such as yourself that the Beyond the Game program is on the air. Please consider a financial contribution to this radio ministry, and if you have a business, Think about advertising during the Beyond the Game program. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. Lots of other stuff there as well. 
Additional information about the show, past broadcasts, you can subscribe to the podcast, and detailed information about how you can know Jesus Christ personally. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Thank you.